Are you acknowledging the correlation between your confidence and finances? Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby, an empowerment coach at ValSelby.com, and I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn in life. I have somebody here that's so timely at this time of the year, of course, but I think it's really timely at any time of the year if you want to hit any of your goals. Tracy Bissett is here, and she is going to talk to us about finances and how that is going to work in creating your bold life. Thank you for being here, Tracy. Well, thank you so much, Val. I'm really excited to be here today. So it was awesome because when you hit me up and we were talking back and forth, I was like, gosh, how could this work? Um, you know, I didn't quite see a correlation going on, and you were instantly came back with just great great responses. But before I get into that, um, can you go ahead and, and tell my listeners a little bit about what you do and uh, maybe a little bit about why you, why you do what you do? Absolutely. And so um, I'm based in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. So that's where I'm coming to you today from. And um, growing up and throughout my career, I've been extremely passionate about helping people better understand financial information, whether it be kids, whether it be youth, entrepreneurs. And so I'm really on a mission to redefine the economic future of the world by tackling the financial literacy. And I work with young adults and entrepreneurs. I was a banker for about 20 years and then I transitioned into my own business. And I feel so fortunate that I'm able to work with people and business owners to help them take the mystery out of numbers because I find that once you crack that open a little bit and it stops being scary, people are able to really um, move ahead with such passion and confidence into what they were meant to do, but using numbers to help them get there and using money as a tool versus something that's controlling them. Um, so a little bit more about me. I absolutely love my golden retriever, Rosie. Um, <laughs> I have so much fun with her and we volunteer uh, as a therapy dog team every week with seniors and that's so fun. And I love music and I'm super excited about all the concerts I'm going to go to this year. So oh, that's a little fun. taste of me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you work with the, the young as well, because I mean, that that's kind of a big deal of why so many of us have these big money blocks, isn't it? It's because back then we were just not taught anything about money or, or not taught Absolutely. enough. And we're still not doing a good job in schools. And so it's my belief that the earlier you can learn, so it's never too late to learn, number one, but the earlier you can teach somebody anything about money, the better off their life is going to be. And then they can take it in whatever direction they want. Um, to give you an idea of like how young this even starts, I was talking to a five-year-old at like a Girl Guides thing, those little um, sparks, and she was telling me that money is evil. So imagine what is going on in her house that she equates money with something so bad and evil. Um, she may not actually know what money is, but she sees how it's playing out in her family by either the drama or lack of or whatever it is, but that stays with somebody their whole life. Mm -hmm. And then it, it forms how they view things, how they make decisions, and it becomes really unconscious and you just respond to things that way because that's how you're programmed. Um, and you can change it, which is great, um, but it's, it's not your fault. So if you're not good at money, you don't know how to handle it, you're scared of it, that can all be overcome and it, it's not your fault. Yeah, and I know for, for myself, it, it, it's another reason why it was timely that, that you 
were brought into my life <laughs> as this, I'm working on those money blocks as well. And this whole poverty mindset. And I know part of it is, is that little bit of that mindset of, I do deserve to have anything and everything I want. Mm-hmm. And, and the getting the money and the having the money and all of that, that's not, there's no shame around that or, or any of that. So I know for me, I'm looking forward to learning some more as well from you today. Um, so one of the things that I had asked you that you had some really great responses for was how passionate are you about women taking control of their futures? Oh, I'm super passionate about this. Um, we know that women live longer than men. And so at the end of your life, you're going to be responsible for your money. So why wait until then? Yeah, I think women should take an active role, whether they're single, married, divorced, widowed, no matter what it may be, as early as you can in your life, take an active role, understand what's happening, educate yourself. And what I'm saying to do these things is not to do it on your own. You don't need to learn things on your own. You can certainly hire a financial planner or advisor that helps guide you, but make sure you're not just delegating things off to them. You need to really be understanding what's happening and taking responsibility. So financial responsibility. And if you are in a relationship, you want to make sure that both of you are having good conversations with each other, talking about what are your priorities, what are your goals, how do we get there together, mm-hmm. and making sure that you know how that's happening and what your financial position is at all times, where those documents are, all if for everything from where's the paperwork, how do I see it, to what is our, our plan for our money and our strategy to make things happen. Um, because I can guarantee at one point in your life, you will be handling it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be in a really um, hard situation. Maybe your, your spouse passes away and all of a sudden it's on you and you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have that confidence um, that you have in the other er- areas of your life with your money so that you can always be actively managing it, being responsible, but seeking help to, um, to do that. You don't need to do anything alone. As, yeah. Especially when there's just, there's resources out there. So um, I, I know that's one of the things that's on my, my agenda for, for in the next coming months is to get with an accountant and really get just more financial information. Like you said, um, mm-hmm. is this, so this might be where we could a little bit of a rabbit trail. I, I don't know if sticking with somebody who's local would work better because as an entrepreneur or, or are there online resources that would work just as fine for, for working think, with the finances? Yeah, I think it depends what you want to learn. Um, so personally, absolutely. You may want to meet with someone in person. Um, if someone's handling money for you and doing investments, they're going to need to be licensed in the jurisdiction where you live. So that's really important consideration. If you're an entrepreneur and you're, um, trying to get your books done in your accounting, obviously you need someone who can do that, but they don't necessarily need to be local. Uh, if you're trying to bring your education up around, um, your financial statements, your revenue, your expenses in your business, or really just where to start, you can work with the coach anywhere. A lot of the clients that I work with as I help them through financial education mandates, uh, particularly on the entrepreneur side, uh, we do it remotely. And it's good for a few reasons. Um, Number one, as we've just been talking about, money's emotional. It starts when we're young. We've got feelings around it. And so sometimes it's helpful not to be face-to-face, I find. Mm -hmm. People are more vulnerable. They're very willing to share. 
they also like to share more with people who don't know them yep. <laughs> in their direct situation, don't know all their friends, uh, don't know everything about them. It's a There's little no easier. possibility of running into you at the grocery store. <laughs> Absolutely. And secondly, when we start doing the education about numbers, it's kind of like going back to school. Um, but what I do, it's really tailored for the entrepreneurs that I work with in that um, we're going to look at your financial statements. I'm going to teach you how to read them, how they interact with each other, how if you're wanting to decide if you can um, hire an employee in your business, if you have the cash flow to do that. And it's really a transfer of knowledge. Um, and we're looking at numbers on a screen. So we can look at it very easily together doing it remotely. So it's your personal preference, what you prefer to do. If you want to go and sit with somebody every week, um, I would say if you're really serious about starting to take control of your financial future, whether it's um, individually or as an entrepreneur, I think you want to get with someone, um, at least initially, because you want to be able to ask all your questions and get the answers and know very confidently that you've got a handle on that. Mm -hmm. um, from there, go on, listen to podcasts, listen to books, um, all kinds of courses out there. I think if you get yourself into an online course, initially you might um, get discouraged. It, it might create more confusion. And if you don't have anybody to ask those questions to, uh, that might pose more of a challenge. So the thing I love about um, personal finance industry and the uh, financial industry as a whole is that there are so many people providing different services in it. Mm -hmm. That you can find somebody who speaks to you in a way that you understand, um, somebody who gets you, and you don't need to um, settle for, for maybe a bad fit. There's somebody for everybody, and you just need to find the right one for you. Um, so certainly asking friends who you know are similar to you, maybe common personality, or you, you like things done the same way, ask for recommendations, ask for referrals. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. So another thing that I always like to talk about, too, is... Did you, have you seen any kind of mindset change or been noticeable in your 40s or beyond? And I didn't even ask you if you, I don't know if I even asked you if you're over 40. <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> I am sure number one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would say yes. Um, certainly when I started my business, um, that took courage and um all my background suggested it was going to go well, but uh, um, I was a banker for a long time and um, helped entrepreneurs get access to financing. I was a risk manager, so approved loans for companies for many, many years. And in my past, not that everything's gone exactly as I wanted in the first place, but generally with persistence, asking for help, um, sticking with things, working hard, it generally worked out. So um, felt that I would launch my business as a financial coach for, as we talked about young adults and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, and what I've noticed the last few years is that I'm more okay if people don't care for me. So mm -hmm. in my younger years, I would have been really um, trying to kind of fit myself into a mold of whatever I needed to be in mm -hmm. certain situations and certainly working in a large financial institution in Canada, TD Bank, um, there's certain expectations of how one should be and to talk and act and all of those kinds of things. And you kind of start to lose yourself a little bit, I, I found. And so starting my own business was really liberating. And I was able to just say, well, if you don't like my style, that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm bad at what I do. We're just not a good fit to work together. And so I would say that's been the, probably the biggest shift. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's one of the big, biggest shifts that I've, I've gone through as well as, is, is being okay 
this mm-hmm. is this is how we're going to be, how I'm going to be. And if we don't mesh, we don't mesh. That's cool. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make you bad. doesn't okay. make me bad. It's just absolutely right. <laughs> so I love um, you said that you were not afraid to ask for help when you were going to start up. No, I've um, asked for lots of help. I've sought out a lot of guidance from people. Um, I, when I left TD Bank, it was due to a massive restructuring. And so it wasn't like I'd been sitting at my desk pining to, to start my own business. Um, it, the event happened, mm-hmm. uh, was, uh, uh, paid and compensated really fairly for that experience because I'd worked there so long. And so I, I gave myself the luxury of time to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I started talking to people and asking them about all kinds of different things. I was still debating job versus company. And then I landed on company and then um, started taking some courses. I I reached out, I got a coach um, and found a new support system and new colleagues in that entrepreneur space. um, Because most of the friends that I had were corporate um, type employees. And so they couldn't really help me with necessarily Mm -hmm. all of those things. Uh, And so I really realized, like I used to be an expert at a very... A few things, but I was really good at them. Mm-hmm. I was great at approving loans and analyzing companies and structuring them and all of that kind of stuff. A um, few other things as well, but that was my specialty. And I didn't know as much about marketing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how uh, social media really works when you need to use it for a business. And mm-hmm. so um, I really approached it from a place of I need to keep learning. I need to keep meeting new people. I need to find some people who are going to support me when things don't go well, just to kind of commiserate, but then help me get back on my, on my mission and back on my list of things I've got to get done. Um, People who are sharing the the experience and the journey. And so I was looking for the training, the coach, and then just the, the support system in the community. So was asking something that you had done often in your life before that, or do you feel like you just, that it just had to happen at that time? No, I've been pretty consistent in asking for help. Um, when I was a kid, I think my parents probably said it to me, like, you know, you don't get stuff if you don't ask. Um, so, um, I was always curious as a kid. I always asked a lot of questions. My dad asked a lot of questions. Um, so I come by it naturally and just, okay, well, what could I do then? If I ask this, where might this lead? And so I was always asking different things and I'm probably to my teacher's um, frustration, like in, in elementary or junior high school, because I'd always be asking, Oh, could I try this? Could I do this? Um, so really been a theme in my life. Nice. Yeah. That's, and that's not always normal. Honestly, no. that is amazing that you were already doing that. Cause that's, it, it stuck with me because my word of the year for 2019 was ask. And I didn't realize how little I had asked. I asked questions, you know, nonstop about things, but asking for help and asking for, you know, like you said, what would it look like if, if you could do it mm-hmm. and you'd ask them, could you do it. That was not something that would have just popped in my head before, but now it does. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I just ask everyone. I, um, I'm still hesitant when I ask some people, but I I don't ever shy away from asking because I find that you never know what someone's going to say. And sometimes you might have a a piece of an idea and you think it will turn out one way. Mm -hmm. You ask someone for their assistance or could they introduce you to someone or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden they've got a better idea than you had. Mm 
-hmm. And they're helping you do something even bigger, different than you even could have imagined. Because Mm -hmm. if you've been a kind, helping individual in your life who cares about other people, that people do want to help you. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. I think when you're asking that most people do innately want to help others. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. They like helping others. And I think that was one of the things that really helped me flip the switch was how much do I like it? If people ask me for help, it makes me feel good, right. To help them. So why am I denying other people the ability to help me as well? Absolutely. And so sometimes people will, um, if they ask me for help and and then they want to reciprocate, I might say, well, you, you know, not right now. Um, but if there is something that ever comes up, I'm going to let you know so right. that they, they feel that they're going to be called on in the future and they're able to give back whether or not they ever, they ever do or not. And so it's really dependent on the, whatever the situation is. Yeah. Or you ask them to pay it forward. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's plenty of times that I realize that that's just the way that's going to work because yeah, I can, some, some of those people that have helped me in the last few years, you know, they're, they're at a different level and I can help them a little bit here and there with stuff, but they're just at a different level. And then I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, but I've got all these other friends who could use some help mm-hmm. to get up to another level, you know, out of their comfort zone, another level. So I always like to look at it, the whole pay it forward thing. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, I teach part-time in a financial services program in a school of business at a college um, in Toronto. And so I have predominantly international students. They're coming from other countries to Canada to make a better life and learn how to work in financial services. And so they range from any age from like 17 up to, I would say like in their fifties, um, coming here, some married, some with children to, to just have a better life. And so sometimes when I do help other entrepreneurs that I may say, or, or even people in corporate jobs, that's great. You know, would you mind taking 10 minutes to talk to one of my students mm-hmm. um, to help them just learn mm-hmm. a little bit more, help them expand their network. And, and people are generally willing to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, what a great feeling that must be to be able to hook them up like that. Yeah. <laughs> just make everybody feel good. <laughs> everybody needs a, uh, some assistance at some point. So exactly. It, yeah. They, even if, even everybody at the, whatever you want to call the top. Yes. Nobody's doing it on their own. So, Awesome. I love it. I like, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you were just always okay with the whole money conversation. I come from a family where my dad was a banker. And so um, money was always talked about in my house. Uh, We didn't have lots of money when I was a kid. We had enough. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there were people who were better off than us in our neighborhood, worse off than us. But I have vivid memories of my mom sitting down, writing a grocery list, um, kind of tallying how much it might be and only going to the grocery store every two weeks when my dad got paid. And that's the way it was. Like we, we had the things we need. Mm -hmm. If I went and asked them for money, so if I could go to the store and buy chips and like a slushie, that wasn't on the table every day. Mm -hmm. Um, but did I need, um, sneakers for school? Absolutely. For sure. Get Mm -hmm. the sneakers. And so they were very realistic with me about, well, we have money, but we, we have to save it for things in the future. Like for you going to school, when you graduate, go to university, um, we save up for our retirement. We want to go on a trip. So we have to save for that. And so it was a regular dialogue that we had. I also received an allowance with which I know not all families do. Some don't believe in it, but 
I had to do something for the money. And my mom was very creative and uh, made me actually do a lot of work. So I had to clean the bathrooms. There was three of them three times a week and vacuum the house three times a week for $10. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a lot of work for that $10, but I did it and I didn't question it because I wanted the $10. Yeah. Because um, the thing I learned pretty quick about myself when I was a kid is that I love money and I like what it can do. It's not like I just want to hoard it up and keep it, but I liked being able to go to the store if I wanted when I was littler, um, when I was um, starting to babysit and I would, would count up my money when I was done, I would want to go and buy books. Mm -hmm. um, if there was something bigger I wanted, my parents were great about um, kind of squashing any kind of um, flighty ideas where I was going to change my mind. But if it was something that I really wanted, if I saved half, they would give me the other half. Mm -hmm. So like we did that for a tennis racket one summer. Right. So it just was a, was a part of me. And then something else that really helped me was that I got, got to be involved with junior achievement in high school. And so uh, anybody who's listening, uh, if you have kids or you can um, volunteer with Junior Achievement, it's such a great program. Uh, they do sessions in school for junior high, high school ages. But as a high school student, I got to be part of a, a company program. And so we created a company in September of the school year. And then we built our company for the whole school year. So I learned how to sell stuff. I learned how to produce something. We actually made physical goods in this little shop at school and then we went and sold them. Wow. So really got me learning about business, got me learning about a whole bunch of different things that I would not have had any idea about. And um, going and selling door to door was okay then, people didn't mind. Yeah. And just really like, okay, well, if someone rejects you, how does that feel? And uh oh, I still wanna, wanna do well for my company, so I'm gonna go to three more doors even though I haven't been making as many sales today and um, just learned persistence, resilience, um, being yourself. So it was a really good learning experience for me. And it, I think it probably changed the, the direction that I went in a little bit because um, I always loved business. So even when I was working at the bank, I was so interested in all the companies I was helping. Those just, are some uh, really healthy healthy growing up with, with the money. Yes. <laughs> and the, the junior achievement, that um, volunteering for that, that's actually, that does sound like a really good idea to go in and help um, and learn at the same time. Absolutely. And so you can do it in as little as um, they have half day programs, they have full day programs. Um, so one of the programs is called economics of success. So you teach students in grade eight, um, how to create budgets, how to look through um, online, like to see how much it costs for your groceries, how much if you're going to rent an apartment, if you don't go on to school after high school, how much might you reasonably make in a job and uh oh, those taxes are going to pop up and all these things you're going to have to pay. So you could do it once a year in a couple hour stint, or you could be an advisor and like I was talking about that company program. So it doesn't take a big time commitment if you don't want it to. Right. Yeah. That'd be a cool way. Cool way to help out at the same time as you're learning some new stuff possibly for mm -hmm. sure. So as we wrap this up, of course, I'd already warned you that I always love to ask everybody what what your area of expertise is. I want everybody to uh, let me know what at least one of their damnets are. And I know some of you out there listening might not even know what the damnets are. This is something that makes you, you right down to your core and that you're really freaking proud of it. And I know you've already, you've got a few. <laughs> you've definitely got a few. 
Absolutely. And so um, the first one, which I'm sure everybody can tell, is I am super direct. And so I have always been direct. And um, one of those mind shift things, um, I probably was um, a little more careful um, before I was 40 about who I was direct with um, or tried to be. Um, but certainly now that's just me. So um, I'm a caring individual, um, but I'm always going to give you the honest um, truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. And that's just the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I always like to tell people, you know, don't ask me a question if you don't want the answer. Yeah. I, I often say that as well because um, people know and people don't ask me unless they actually want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they generally want to know, especially if it's a fellow entrepreneurs, then they want to know why it is. I think that um, because there's, it's probably rooted in something that may help them and they may not go with what I recommend or, or suggest, but at least they have the other knowledge that I'm thinking about why I said that. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing um, I would say uh, as a damn it is that I am a very big connector. Um, I just naturally, if I think two people would get along, I'm putting them together. I'm introducing them. Same thing in business. If I think somebody would be a great client for someone else, I'm certainly um, referring and doing that. And it's all without any expectation of something coming back to me. Cause I just think when we are helping each other, we make things a little bit easier as we're going along. I love that. And that's so, that's so much fun when you start seeing how many connections that you can actually make. Because, yeah, because once you start doing them, it seems like, oh, well, goodness, more people are coming up, you know, not out of the woodwork, like you're getting overwhelmed yeah. by them. <laughs> but, but just the fact that once you're really paying attention to it, it's like, oh, well, you should talk to you. And <laughs> Absolutely. So if you asked anybody who knows me, um, even just a little bit, that, that's probably the, something they would actually bring out probably both of those things. Right? So the direct, directness and certainly she's a connector. <laughs> awesome. And you're definitely using both of them for good. <laughs> Try to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for being here. And before we head out, I just want to find out if there's any other little tidbits that you would like to leave with, um, leave my listeners with, or you covered a lot. It was amazing. Uh, I would say that anybody who's listening, whether it's in your personal life or it's in your entrepreneurial life, if you do not feel like you're comfortable with money, financial matters, anything like that, uh, make this year, 2020, the year where you do something about it. I can guarantee you that um, once you get started, you're going to be proud of yourself. Your stress is going to come down and you're certainly going to be able to have a happier year. Um, You're not going to be worried about what might be the problem. You'll know the problem and can that actually move forward and solve it if there are problems. And if things are going great, then what else can you do with your money? Uh, Because as I said, I love money. And one of the things that I love about making money is that I can use it to help other people. So you can't do that if you don't have it. So never think of money as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is a big change that I've tried to do a little bit in myself, but um, mostly definitely when I'm talking to other people is the fact that, Hey, you know, money, look what you can do with your money. If you love to help people, you love, you want to go do in the rescue dogs, mm-hmm. you need, you're going to need either time or money or both to do that. So <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) So awesome. Thank you for being here, Tracy. And if anybody would like more information, I recommend that you go and check out Tracy's website at Beset. Oh, I probably said it wrong. BesetFinancialFitness.com. And that's going to be down there in the show notes so that you can go and get some education from Tracy. And thank you so much for being here. 
Well, thank you so much, Val. And I'd love to leave a, a gift for your listeners. So for those who are entrepreneurs, if you head over to bizmoneycoach.ca, um, you can download a money meeting agenda so you can start having those conversations with yourself every week. And it, it walks you through the things to get started with, just so you can take that first step in a really practical way. Um, so bizmoneycoach.ca, and I'll share that link with Val so she can put that in the show notes to get you on your way. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And that way it's not so scary. You're just going to start off really small people. That's right. <laughs> just a little one. Get your money under control. I know some of us are a lot better than others about this. Uh, it's, it's one of my 2020s because I want to travel. I want to do all sorts of things. I want to hold retreats. I want to do all of this stuff. And so I have to have a little bit better relationship with money to make all yeah, of that Yeah. I mean, First step might be just looking at your bank account. So you're just taking small steps forward and that money meeting agenda will help you um, just get started and think about what you need to do. Perfect. All right. Thank you for joining us everyone today. And I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self. <laughs>